and Pastor George is going to come and share a few words with us. Let's welcome Pastor George to come, shall we? Great stuff. Can you hear me okay? Sylvia's going, no, shout, speak up, I can't hear you. Um, it's great to see and to sense the presence of the Lord among us, isn't it? And uh, this week I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to say? I, I always ask the Lord that. I don't just simply rush on ahead. I ask the Lord, what do you want me to say? And sometimes we've got so much information going around in our heads. We think, is it this or is it that? And so I'm getting into the habit of just saying, Lord, it's your people. What do you want me to communicate to them? Lord, what are you saying to me and what are you saying to your people? And we sometimes tend to forget that the first person that when I, God is speaking to, he's speaking to me about these issues and about these, these messages. And uh, so today I really believe that, that God has given us a prophetic message for today. I believe that the message that we're going to hear is something that is in line with the singing that has been sung this morning, the worship time, the prayers... And I believe as we, we open up this passage, in, open up this message, God is going to speak to us as individuals. You're not here to put in a morning out of habit. God hasn't brought you here this morning just to give you a tickling message that's going to make you feel great about yourself. Although that's good when we do have that, that's brilliant. And God's not brought you here this morning to hit you over the head or bend you over his knee and smack you with a stick. He hasn't. But he has brought you here this morning or afternoon now to speak to you. And God is going to speak into our lives. Could I have this light just down a little bit? He's going to put this on. Okay. Right, can I? That's great. It's great if you turn it on, isn't it? Um, can I have the lights down a little bit and I'm going to just just a few thoughts that I got into my mind we do some silly things don't we um, who can ever remember or who has ever been to a Tupperware party come on put your hands up if you've ever been to a Tupperware I have never been to a Tupperware party I've heard loads about them, but imagine this. If, imagine if we invite you around to bring out some boxes out of a box and have a demonstration of how to put stuff in a box, how to cook stuff in a box, how to freeze stuff in a box, things that you can box stuff into, and boxes that you can use when you go on holiday, and boxes you can put in the garage, boxes that you can take in the back of your car, boxes that you can put in the fridge. Who on earth would want to go to a party to talk about boxes? It is absolutely out of my box. But we do things, and we go places, and we are very interested in these things. 
But actually, we are more into boxes than we actually realize. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, this here is a Tupperware box. <laughs> that is what it was all about going back in the 90s. It was all about Tupperware. If you didn't have a Tupperware party, you wasn't anyone. It was all about these boxes. And there was a fascination towards Tupperware and to Tupperware boxes. Now, I don't get them that much myself, but I did get this one. I thought this one was quite cool. And this is a Tupperware box with a difference. Now, look at this, guys. This makes sense to me. You push it down, you push it down, and eventually it becomes a box with a lid. But the lid is really difficult to put on it. But it really made sense to me because it could squash out out of the way. Problem is, it's not square. It doesn't fit into your cupboards like the square ones. When it's empty, it's great. It takes up no room. But when it's full, my word, you can't put it anywhere, Harley, because you can only put about three of them in a shelf. It's simply not practical. And I got my mind, and this is what I believe God is saying to us today. I really believe that the Lord is going to talk to us about container Christianity. Container Christianity. Think about it. From the moment that you were conceived, the moment that you were conceived in your mother's womb, you were in a box. You grew up in that box and nine months later you had to get out of there. Let me out! And it was a painful experience coming out of that first box. Maybe not so much for you, you can't remember it, but you asked your mom. And she will tell you it was a painful experience. You got out of that first box. And guess what mommy and daddy did? They put you in another box. They put you in a Moses basket. Or they put you in a little crib. Or maybe they may have put you in a curry cart and brought you home in the back of the car. Which is another box with wheels. <laughs> and so you get home and you get into the house and then what happens is you start to grow up a bit, mom puts you in the court, you grow outgrow the court, your feet starts to hit the bottom of the court and you need to get out. So she put you in a bed, which is another box with a pillow. And then out of the, the box with a pillow, they decided, yes, we're going to give them a, his own bedroom, which is another box. The box that you're now in is a bedroom, you're contained in the bedroom. You know, he's great there. You grow up a bit, and then you, it's time to go to the nursery. And so all the kids are going to the toddlers. So you go along to the toddlers, and wow, there's loads of boxes. And you just want to play in these boxes. There's some that's shaped like a house, some like a car. And actually, the place that you're playing is, is actually a box. You get a little bigger, then you go to school. And in school, you become a part of a group of people who sit at boxes and write on boxes and uh, they're all in a box and to some of them they eventually nowadays they end up watching a box life seems all of a sudden life seems to be about boxes 
And then you come out of that school and you think, well, I'm a big boy now. You, some of us go to college, which is an even bigger box, with even bigger computers and bigger stuff going on. And then some of us have to go to an office. <laughs> and we've got to sit in an office. Now, for me, I had to go to a box that floated. It simply was a box, it had a point in the middle of it, it had an engine inside of it, and it floated. And sometimes it rolled about, and sometimes it was quite steady, but I was still in a box. Other people find themselves sitting in a lorry, doing a box behind them. And, you know, which is a container which is full of stuff that's been put in that box. All of a sudden, boxes seem to be quite an important part of our lives. Hey, we have certain friend groups, friendships, and all of a sudden, people want to put us into a box because they are like this and they are like that. And so we end up living our lives in different kinds of boxes. We've got spiritual boxes, we've got mental boxes, we've got physical boxes. But the bottom line is, we end up finding ourselves in a box. The Lord Jesus came into this world. And when he came into this world, he was laid in a cradle. He wasn't designed, but he wasn't destined to just remain in that cradle. He was in the a cradle, in a stable, in Bethlehem. And then he went down to, uh, to Egypt, came back up, and, and, and he lived a, a part of his life in Nazareth, where he made boxes. He probably made boxes. He was a carpenter and he probably made boxes. And he probably saw how important it was for people to have boxes. It seemed really important for them to have these boxes. But I believe that while he was maybe making these boxes, he probably was thinking, hey, people need to be able to live outside of a box. Like I said, we use boxes for transport. We, look, we go on holiday nowadays, we go into a box and we fly. There's absolutely nowhere that we can almost go without interacting in some way with a box. If the phone was to ring, like James's one did, to wish him happy birthday just now, and he went out to answer it, he picks a box up and he puts it to his ear. Now, if you've got your phone with you, please switch your phone off, because that's one box we don't want to hear from today. So we use boxes for almost everything. Boxes are a part of our lives. I believe that the box or the container that we're talking about represents the limitations that we have within us. If you look at the box that you have placed yourself in, you are probably place yourself in a box because, well, it may be comfortable in that box. You may be familiar with that box. But the problem is that you have limited, and we have, and I have limited myself to that box that has been put upon us. Sometimes we put ourselves in the box, and sometimes other people put us in the box, and put other people in the box with us. But I really do believe that God does not desire for us to live within a box. I believe that God wants us to come out of the box. I believe
believe that we have had a song about revival this morning. We've been praying about revival. We've been praying about what God's going to do. But I believe we need to release the box and come out of what we have put ourselves in. And uh, I really believe that God wants us out of the box. Where do the boxes come from? Where on earth did all this mentality that we had to be in a box come from? When we look at Adam here in Genesis chapter 2 and 16 and it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat any of the, any, from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And from when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and the wild animals. Imagine that. Here was Adam, and he could eat from any tree, apart from the one. He could eat from any tree. He wasn't in a box. He could say, that's poisonous. Don't eat from all of these. He was given free choice. He was given the free choice, but he was told and warned, but if you do take from that tree, you will die. And I believe from the moment that Adam disobeyed God, his world became smaller and smaller and smaller. In fact, as you look at life, it became smaller and smaller for him. He was no longer able maybe to just name all the animals. I mean, imagine he picked an animal along and he said, yeah, you look like a monkey. Let's name him David. <laughs> oh man, you look like a lion. Let's name him Mori. He had the freedom to do all of these things. Don't fight in the way up. Okay? <laughs> Adam had that freedom until he disobeyed God. And after he disobeyed God, he, it was like his life was in a box. I believe that's where the box mentality actually really originated from. You see, he had all the freedom that was possible to have. But Adam had also freedom of choice. And God gave Adam that freedom of choice. And by choosing to disobey God, his life became smaller and smaller and he ended up in a box. In 1 Corinthians it says, So it is written, The first mad Adam became a living being, but the last Adam a life-giving spirit. Imagine this, that God, I believe that God wants to restore us to himself just as though we had never been in that position of sin, just as though it had never happened, that God wants to enlarge us back to what it was like in the first Adam. In fact, even greater, I believe, than what it was in the first Adam. God, does God still desire for this? Of course I believe that. In fact, when, when God taught his disciples to pray, he taught them to pray on earth as it is on in heaven. That God wants us to think outside of the box. He wants us to be enlarged in our thinking. Not to be limited with this box mentality that we so have. God wants us to have a larger and greater thinking 
of ourselves and of our church and of his goodness and of his power than we can even put in a box. I believe that it is God's desire when he said these words, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus told a story and he says, then he, then he said this, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So God wants to take us out of this box that we've created for himself. So when we think, I'm just this, I can't do this, I'm unable to do this, I'm only this, I'm just this. Oh, you know, God wants us to take us out of what we are here and what we see ourselves as and he wants to bore us out. We cannot contain, we cannot contain what God's put in us for ourselves. You see, if all that God has ever done for us is to make us a nice person, we've missed the boat. We've missed the box, the floating box. Because God wants to do more in you than just make you a nice person. God wants to take you out of that great to become a nice person. I'm trying personally to work on it. But it's great to be a nice person. But that isn't the objective of what God's doing in you. He's doing something in you in order to, to glorify himself. And when we glorify God in how we live and the places we go and the people that we meet. And when we share the gospel of the goodness of God. We are actually coming out of the box. I don't find, as much as many times I've done it, I don't find evangelism is a natural thing. You say, what do you mean? I don't. I find it difficult. I find it's not something that you can just switch on. Although the more I do it, the more, the simpler it becomes and the more um, how effective it can actually be. But this is not a talk where I want to say to you, hey, get out of your box and go and evangelize. I'm saying get out of the box and see what God's got for you. There's more to life in evangelism. There's, there are five purposes in this church, not just one. And so I believe if we've established this, that God wants you out of that box. I'm too old. Oh. I'm too young. Oh. I'm too busy. Oh. I'm too important. Oh. I'm a... I'm a this, I'm a that, I can't do this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I can't do Listen, God wants to take you out of that box into something greater. And he wants to do that for me. He once says, I, I once said to myself, I'm a fisherman, I can't do that. I can never do this, I can never do this. And God says, hey, with me all things are possible. Some of you are thinking, who's this guy with a suit? I mean... Who's this guy preaching with a suit today? I never wear a suit. I thought, I'm going to be like John Mafuta. He's got his great suits on. But sometimes you've got to think out of the box. Sometimes we've got to come out of the box. Hey, there are quite a few guys in the Bible that came out of boxes. Do you want to hear about them? Come on then. Hebrews. Chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in, the ho in holy fear built an ark to save his family. Noah had to go into a box in order to save his family. See, there are times when we have to get into that box. 
There is times when we have to get into the secret place with God. There is times when we have to get away sometimes from the world. But listen, there's a time to get in, get come out of the world. But there's a time when you've got to get out. Noah was in that box for a season. And some of you have been in a box for a season. But it's time to get out of the world. It stinks in there. It was great for a while. It's great for a season. But eventually, Noah had to get out. And I want to say there's, we need to get out of our boxes that we've been placed in for a season. Then by faith, when called to go to a place, he would later receive in his inheritance. This is Abraham, sorry. When Abraham, uh, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. You may say, I don't know where I would go if I wasn't like this. I don't know what I would do if I wouldn't do this. I've seen people, I met someone and it was about eight years ago when I came to this church. And I said, and he, and I, and he said this, I just hate my job. He said, what? He says, I hate my job. I said, well, just go and get another one. He said, no, 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 I've got 10 years to go, and then I'm going to get my retirement. 10 years, he said, I've got to go, and I'll get my retirement, and then, then, woohoo, I'll enjoy my life. Surely, I said, you've got it wrong. I said, the most important thing that you've got in your life is your, is your time. Why spend 10 years in a box, in an office, or in a job that you detest? Simply because you want some money sometime in the future and you may, may not even possibly get there. Or if you do get there, you may not even have the quality of life to, or, the, or the time even to spend it. Get out of the box and enjoy life. By faith, Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he knew that God had a plan and a purpose for his life. And God has got a plan, and he has got a purpose for our life. Now remember this, it's not our plan, and it's not our purpose. The plan is to bring glory to God. And the purpose is the kingdom of God. On earth. Hebrews. Moses, it says, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Here was Moses, he could have lived in the palace and all the stuff that you could absolutely imagine in the palace. But you know what? He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. His ID, his identification was not in the fact that he would run out of the box. Why, you're the son. You're the adopted son that was just picked up out of the Nile and was adopted into Pharaoh's family. He refused to be identified with the box because he had a greater purpose and a greater plan that was going to take place. That he was going to lead a nation of people out of a box called Egypt. Because he thought bigger than the box that he was placed for his own selfish, selfish gain. Daniel, what about him? It says the king asked Daniel. Now at this time the king had a dream. Told no one about it, but he says, I've got a dream. So the sorcerers came, they couldn't, he says, now I want you to tell me, I want you to tell me what the dream is. Then interpret it. 
oh, master, give us some idea. Give us a clue, kind of thing. Give us a clue. What's this dream going to be so we can find out what it is? Then the king get to know about Daniel, oh, this mighty man of God. He's, you know, he's an Israelite. He's very, very switched on. And the king got to know about it. And all the sorcerers, all the musicians, all the sorcerers, all the people that were in the king's palace, they were going to be slain. And then what happens was, Daniel was approached. And so Daniel comes before him and the king says, as Daniel says, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Watch this. This is what's really important. Get this. Daniel says, There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. But basically, I can't tell you but he can. He was so humble that God could use him now. So he says, look, I can't tell you your dream, but I know a God, and I know my God, and I know that all things are possible with my God. And if you just give me a wee minute's time, I'll come back to you. And then Daniel came back, he did something for the first time. He didn't only tell him his dream. He didn't only just interpret the dream. He told him what the dream was. He was out of the box, man. Out of the box. And there was a, there was a, a, a multitude of people that were relying on him to, become out, to come out of that box. Many people, many wise men, many affluent men. They were relying on him to come out of the box. What about us? We've got people in our families, we've got people in our jobs, and all they need is for us just to step out of that box and just tell them how much God loves them. Tell them that how, how strong and powerful our God is in every situation of our lives, in our family life, in our financial life, in our relationships. We've got family and people that we know that are breaking up relationships all over the shop. And that's not God's will, even if they don't know the Lord, that's not God's will for their family. Daniel had to come out of the box and that's sometimes what we've got to do we've got to come out of that box and give what God has got for us but remember this big difference between arrogance arrogance and what? confidence is this who gets the glory? I'm not standing here and I'm not saying this through humi false humility I'm not standing here in front of you guys because I'm anything better than you. Certainly not through education. And it's certainly not through because I really want to do it. I'm standing here because God has given us what needs to be said. And we give God the glory for things he's done in this church. We give God the glory. So that was Daniel. What about Jesus' disciples? What did he say? He says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. These guys were relying on that box to get a living. Where were they going to get their food? How were they going to get by if they left that box? Along with the boxes that they put the fish into and all the rest of it. Where were they going to get a living without that box? And Jesus said, hey, come, follow me.
And I will make you fishers of men. They left the box behind and they went on and they never could say, you well, you could say they never looked back. I believe maybe sometimes they did look back. But they had to leave it behind in order to receive what God had got for them. Because Jesus wanted to, wanted to enlarge them. Think about Jesus. We mentioned earlier, he was in a cradle. He was in a stall. He was then, in, you see, he was down in Egypt. He came out of Egypt, came back into Nazareth. He wasn't accepted there. He made probably, he was a captain, did loads of things. And then, then after the 30 years or so, Thirty-three. Then he started to come out of the box. And then, at the age of thirty-three, sorry, when he was thirty, he came out of the box. At thirty-three, he was crucified. And after the crucified, head, they took him, anointed his body, and they placed him in a tomb, another box. But you know something, our God is so big. He's so powerful. He's so strong that no tomb could hold him. No grave could contain him. He was no longer going to be contained in a grave. What did he do? He went down to another box, a container called Hades. He grabbed the hold of the keys of death and hell and he rose triumphantly and he rises and he That is the God that is living within us. That is the God when we opened up our containers of our lives and said, Holy Spirit, forgive me. Lord Jesus, come into me. He poured himself into us. The Holy Spirit come in. And he came into us and he wanted, you know what? He wants to keep this vessel open. And he wants to continually pour it into us. Why? Is it because we can put a lid on it and think, hey, we're fine now. My family's safe. I'm going to heaven. Is it because we can be contained and be nice people? No, he said, get that lid off and get out into the community. Overflow by baptizing the Holy Spirit so you can outpour on everyone else because you are not destined to be put in a box. God does not want you to be in a box. Church is fantastic and it's a part of the kingdom of God but it isn't the all be end and all end all. It's not just about this. When you look at Jesus, he says, hey, you go into all the world. Cast out demons in mind. Teaching them all things. Why? Because Jesus didn't put the teaching into these 12 men to remain in these 12 men. He wants us to release the box. Hallelujah. The God container. What happens is, man, because we live in a small mindset, we want to say, doing is a great thing. Let us let us build a temple and contain God. The presence of God, you know, he could just come in there and he could live there. He could always be there. We could always visit him. Their mindset was so small that they just wanted to contain God and his presence. And so Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 8 and 27 he says, but Will God really dwell on earth? This is the man that built the temple, by the way. This is the, the wisest man that's ever been recorded. Solomon, he says, the heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. 
Acts chapter 7 and verse 48 says, However, the Most High does not live in houses made of, by human hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hands made all these things? Nowhere. We have no way that we can contain God. No way that we could put a statue in our mantelpiece and bow down to it and think that, hey, this is my God. This is what my God looks like. The cross couldn't contain him. It's empty. And then when we see what happened when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain of the temple, it says in Mark 15, was torn in two from top to bottom. Couldn't contain him. No longer was there any need for a temple to come to God. No longer would the priest have to go in and through the rituals. Sad thing is, I believe the presence of God left that temple years ago before it was actually a curtain was torn. They just went through the religious practices. I pray that the presence of God will never leave us. Pray that we'll never lose the presence of God. Pray that our lives are clean. You can't put dirty stuff, clean stuff into a dirty, a dirty vessel. And then we see what happened just late, just after that, Acts chapter two. When the day of Pentecost came, it says. They were all together in one place. They were all in a box. It was like they were all in an upper room together. Probably huddled, huddled together. They've got something in common with one another. We believed that Jesus was the Messiah. We were just waiting and we're waiting to see what happened. And all of a sudden there was an explosion. And like tons of fire came upon them. And no longer could the box contain them. Here was, here was Peter. He was afraid of a girl. He couldn't say that he identified by Jesus even to a little girl. And when the presence of the Holy Spirit came upon him, bang, he came out of that box and he was a different man. The box would no longer contain him. The message that he had could never be contained within that box. That's what the Holy Spirit does to us. It takes us outside of the box that we're in. Holy Spirit. Is in us. He's in us. But do we release? Do we release him? Or do we simply contain him? Are we containing the Holy Spirit in our lives? We know he's in us. But have we put a lid in what we can be used for? The things that we do. The places that we go. Or simply are we open up like a vessel? And as he pours into us. He pours out. He pours in. And you know what? That's how we keep fresh. Because as long as that's got a lid, there's nothing fresh can go in. If you're relying on your experience when you became a Christian, oh, I remember the day I was born again. And that's, that, that is just a, a memory. That's, there's never been any experience of anything since that opportunity. I believe you put God in a box. If you haven't grown out of that box, 
I'm going to tell you there is far more. I was discussing about depression the other day. And it's an interesting subject. And I've, I've, I've had people, and there's people who have depression, and I, I, I sympathize with them, and I do believe this. But I really do believe this. If you're suffering from depression, get out of that box that you're into and get into another box. A bigger box. Think of not only your own world, think of other people's world. Live life through them. See how they have had to live, things that they've had to face. Because sometimes we have put ourselves in such a small box, our mindset will get smaller and smaller, and eventually we're just looking at ourselves. Get out of the box. If you're feeling a bit down, get out of that box. If you're in depression, I would encourage you, get out of the box that you put yourself in and live outside of that box. And so we tend to put God in a box. What's outside the box? Amazing, isn't it? Stephen, he was being persecuted. He was being put before a council of men. And he was sat, stood there. And this is what it says. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven. He's looking outside of the box of this shell, this life. He's looking outside of it. And what did he see? Standing at the right hand of God, he saw Jesus. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they were covered their ears. They covered their I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And they yelled out at the top of their voices as they rushed towards him with stones to stone him. If you come out of the box, people will don't want to hear it. I don't want to get out of this box. Don't tell me that I can get out of depression. I want maybe maybe I want out of sympathy. I want out of it. I don't want to get out of this illness. I'll have to work. I don't want it. I don't want this have my life changed. I'm not ready for that. People will think of this or say that or whatever because they put me in the box. And so Stephen, he saw the Lord at the right hand of God. He saw, I see heaven open. And the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. You know what he's doing? He's interceding for us. He said, whatever. He's saying, he's basically saying, this kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I have given you all power and authority. If he doesn't say that, why, if he doesn't say that, why would, he, why would God want to give us false expectations? He's not that type of God. He says that all things are possible to them who believe. So maybe I'll put myself in a box. And maybe we've put ourselves in a box. What container are you in? What size of container are you in now? What is your capacity to do things? What is your capacity as a person? Is it sin? Is it bondage? Is it fear? Is it small-mindedness that's put you in that box? Is it even the fear of death? Because if it is, he's conquered the fear of death. Now time's gone. But this world could not contain the living God. And this world cannot contain what God has put within you. You heard it said before. Greater is he that is in you 
he that is in the world. We know that, don't we? Do we actually believe it? And are we believing the, the, the lies of the devil? When we're fearful we can't do this or fearful for that. Where are we putting our faith? Are we putting our faith in God's word? Or are we putting our faith in the doubt that comes from the enemy? In unbelief. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. Is living within us. Amen. He is in us. And he's in power of us. I want to encourage you. To do something for the first time. When was the last time you did something? It might not be some massive thing, but I would encourage you to start looking to do something for the first time. Take on a fresh challenge and move out to see what God's got for you. Say, God, what's the dream you're placing within my heart? What is it you want me to do? Am I being small-minded? Or God, do you want to bring me out of this box and do something new? Let's just... Time's gone. Didn't realize I, I can't see the clock because the light's too bright. And I didn't realize the time. But let's just bow our heads in prayer. Right. Earlier on, Adrian asked to put your keys in your in your hand. I'm going to ask you just lay your hand in your head. Lay your hands in our heads, and say, Lord, enlarge my mind and enlarge my spirit. Make me greater. Help me to do greater things for you to bring glory to your name. Father, we pray this. In our, we pray, Lord, that your kingdom will come in our lives, in our families, in our jobs, in everything that we do, in every, every place that we go, and even in our church. God, that this is a place where the kingdom of God will be reflected in the kingdom of this earth. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name.